Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 237. Have you ever thought of taking a Royal Caribbean cruise over a holiday like New Year's Eve? Each year, Royal Caribbean offers some fun cruises over New Year's, which means guests have the opportunity to ring in the New Year from somewhere at sea. On this week's episode, we'll talk with someone that recently tried out a New Year's Eve cruise on Liberty of the Seas and talk about what it's like to go on a New Year's Eve cruise. Here we go. Royal Caribbean cruises on their own are always a great vacation idea, but taking a Royal Caribbean cruise over a holiday like New Year's Eve adds an extra layer of excitement, energy, plenty of libations, and memories. This week, Royal Caribbean blog listener Matt Heinz joins us to talk about his recent New Year's Eve sailing on Liberty of the Seas. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Thank you, Matt. How are you doing today, bud? I am doing wonderful. Thanks for coming on to talk to me about a Royal Caribbean cruise, which we love talking about, and kind of a special one over uh, New Year's Eve. Yes, it, it was quite special. It was, it was one that had been in the works for quite a while, and uh, as you mentioned, it was over New Year's Eve, so that, that makes it all the more special uh, to, to go on and enjoy a nice Royal Caribbean cruise. Absolutely. So let's talk about why you picked the sailings. Always, I love going digging into the rationale, the logic, if you will, behind picking different sailings. And uh, you do live in Texas, so clearly Liberty of the Seas in your backyard there in Galveston. But talk to us about why you picked the sailing, the ship. And over, I'm sure you'll consider some other options as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So first and foremost, as you mentioned, Liberty of the Seas out of Galveston, Texas. It's about a, a four to five hour drive, just depending on where you are in, in North Texas. But that that definitely factored in. I, I traveled with my wife and three children, so I'd, I'd much rather not pay for the airfare airfare that goes into into a cruise when I can. And uh, secondly. As you mentioned, Liberty of the Seas is just a, a fantastic ship. We, we've sailed her, sailed her once before, and it, it was just a, a perfect time for us also with the kids being out of school. And then lastly, I'd say about 10 years ago, we did a Freedom of the Seas New Year's Eve cruise back when it was kind of the uh, the, the premier ship of the Royal Caribbean fleet. And we enjoyed our, our New Year's Eve experience on that, that we decided, hey, let's let's give it another shot on Liberty. Interesting. So this is not your first time going on a New Year's Eve cruise. It is not. So I, I will qualify that by saying when we did it in, with Freedom about 10 years ago, it was with a group of about 20 or so folks, uh, mainly my extended family. But what made this one a little bit different was it was just my myself, my wife, and my three kids. So it was a little bit different in that regard, but still the, the same great time that we've come to expect in Royal Caribbean. Nice. What kind of stateroom did you book for uh, Liberty of the Seas for the sailing? Oh, so that's that's another thing that you and I have in common, Matt, and that is that we prefer to book uh, connecting staterooms. But the, the, the one qualifier I'd say is we typically book connecting staterooms at inside cabins because my wife and I enjoy sleeping to, to the fullest extent possible. <laughs> and uh, the, the one unique thing here it was I decided, you know, it's YOLO, book it, and we decided to go with a balcony stateroom. So this was one of the first times that uh, my family, uh, specifically my three kids, have enjoyed a, a balcony stateroom. But uh, it was on deck six, and uh, it was fantastic, and they, they loved being able to sit out in the sun and, and just enjoy the views of the sea. No question about it. And like I said, you know, Matt and I, we, we love our children. We love our family. We really do. But we need some separation from them, primarily during sleeping hours. It makes a big difference for parents, and it's definitely something that – uh, you know, a lot of people, I think, honestly, Matt, they overlook the option. They just assume that it's it's just going to be prohibitively expensive or just – I don't know what. But uh, it really is a very practical solution uh, to go for the two connecting rooms. Oftentimes, people that look at you know just a regular room, like a balcony room for everybody together in one room, 
you know, two connecting rooms, especially the two inside rooms, oftentimes is like the same price as one balcony room or, or thereabouts very close to it. So it's a great strategy and it won't break the bank either. There, there's no doubt about it. And, and oftentimes when I talk to new cruisers, they, they assume they're going to fit four to five people in 100 square feet. And, and I, I tell them that that's not how it works. And if, if, if that's your expectation, then then, you know, by all means, listen to your podcast and, and learn the, the tricks of the trade to be able to to cruise and enjoy it. And and as you said, enjoy your family, but maybe get a little separation when uh, when the time comes. There you go. Let's talk about actually before we even talk about Liberty here. We haven't talked about Galveston a little bit here on the podcast, Matt. What was your experience like in embarkation? I know that between Hurricane Harvey and just uh, recent upgrades to the port over the last year or so. What was your what was your take on Galveston these days, and how efficient or inefficient was it? So this is at least the tenth time that I've sailed out of Galveston wow. uh, with and without the family, and uh, as you might be aware, Galveston has a bit of a reputation in terms of its uh, uh, lines, its its distance from Houston because it is a good thirty to forty five minutes from uh, Houston International or Houston Hobby. So it, it doesn't have the best reputation, and then as you also mentioned, the the terminal itself was was quite tough to get through. You know, my my experience in Galveston, maybe I've just lucked out uh, the 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 ten or so times that I've gone, but I, I really haven't had negative experience. So we we drive down either the night before or the morning of, and I will say that the the one difference this time around was obviously it's New Year's Eve, it's going to be a full ship, and we 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 expected that. And the the one issue we had, which can happen on any ship, was the fact that uh, is the security lines were were quite long, and it's because all of the uh, all the computers were down as far as checking people into the cruise. Now, you know, I, I timed it, and from the time uh, I pulled up to the uh, up to the uh, uh, the curb, and then got on the ship, it was about forty minutes. So, in my mind, that's that's perfectly acceptable, and. You know, there there are ships that may get you on a little quicker, but uh, when when all was said and done, we were we were perfectly pleased with the uh, the embarkation process. Good, I'm glad to hear that. Um, and you know, Galveston, it's not impossible. It's not something you should avoid or anything like that. Just it presents its own unique set of challenges that can sometimes be there, sometimes they're not. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it depends on your experience, but you know, still having that cruise ship out of your backyard, literally being able to drive, not having to purchase airfare. Uh, it makes it so much easier no matter if you're talking, you know, any port, whether if you live, you know, near Baltimore or you live in Florida or you live in near Bayonne, New Jersey. I mean, being able to drive to the port, it's so, it makes the process so easy compared to when you have to fly to. And it's like, oh, wow, this is so much simpler. <laughs> uh, so you, you can't discount that convenience factor. There, there's no doubt about it, and this this was not the last time I also out of Galveston. I, I'm looking forward to to the more I, I think it's four and five night sailings of of enchantment and and the like. So you know uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the times when I can go on a Royal Caribbean cruise cruise and not have to dedicate a, a full week to it. So I'm I'm very excited about the offerings they have uh, upcoming in the near future with Royal Caribbean out of Galveston. Perfect. So let's talk about the cruise itself. Let's focus on at least in the beginning here. The New Year's Eve stuff. Take us through. Your cruise actually embarked on New Year's Eve, right? December 31st? That is correct. That is correct. And so a little research ahead of time uh, on, on the, the, the various message boards, including the Royal Caribbean blog message boards, told Thank me you. that you're very welcome. 
and told me that the New Year's Eve and, and any major holiday like that, and I, I imagine Christmas is lumped in, but what Royal Caribbean will do is they will make that day, whether it's the first day or I, I would imagine the seventh day, that, that will be a formal night. So that's something to keep in mind oh. uh, uh, depending on and, – and, and that, that coming off guard too. So yes, uh, uh, night one uh, was a formal night. So we, we did come prepared because my wife and I do like to, to dress up for the formal nights. But uh, that, that, that is something. Then in addition, what Royal Caribbean does, and it's something we experienced on Freedom 10 years ago and also something we experienced uh, with, uh, with Liberty uh, uh, this past December 31st, is that they'll insert a, a small flyer into the cruise compass. And that, that flyer will detail all of the ongoing uh, shows, uh, parties, what have you, and, and pretty much every single venue on a Royal Caribbean ship. That's from the promenade to the, the Viking Crown Lounge, to the deck. So it, it, was, it was pretty fantastic. And, and it was, you're talking a full page of parties that, that start as early as probably about 7, 8 o'clock at night and go into the wee hours in the morning. So they, they have balloons. They, they have all kinds of stuff. So they, they come well prepared to celebrate the new year for sure. Sure. So you're talking about you know a balloon drop on the Royal Promenade. Can you give us some ideas of some other events that you can recall uh, that were offered on New Year's? Because a lot of times people always ask you know about any holiday, what, what, do they, what does the cruise line do special? For that, so obviously there's the midnight balloon drop. That's that's a that's a given there. Whatever some other some other events, if you can recall off the top of your head, um, that that they offered on board Liberty for New Year's Eve. Well, you know, I, I don't think that's a fair question because you're asking me to recall a uh, New Year's Eve party where there may have been a few libations, as you previously mentioned. <laughs> but but let's see. So uh, they, they they do have they they have similar activities. So at the kids club, they have similar activities where they'll celebrate the New Year. And so it's I'd say. The, the the ones that come to mind because we experienced them firsthand are uh, are the 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 ball the balloon drops beg your pardon in the Royal Promenade and and also the Viking Crown Lounge where they have more of a disco sort of feel and it's it's a little more laid back and it's funny if you come to the Royal Promenade and we noticed this as we were somewhat people watching and and walking through a little bit earlier in the evening was the, you can actually reserve a table so think. Think a, a Vegas experience where you can reserve a table for a certain amount, and they'll have bottle service and what have you. And I tell you what, by no later than ten o'clock at night, the the promenade is just absolutely packed. There's people just lined up and down. They have security guards. They have uh, uh, roped off areas to to where you can, you know, it's a, a members only to to where if you really want to feel like a VIP and and really just have a great time on on an awesome holiday, that Royal Caribbean sure makes it worth it. Cool. That's that's great to hear. It certainly. I mean, you know, one of the advantages of being on a cruise ship is you don't have to worry about driving. You don't have to worry about you know where you parked or anything like that. It's you, know, you just walk back to your room. And I got to imagine uh, on a cruise like this, uh, there's a lot of people that went for a drink package, an alcohol package. Were you one of those folks? You know, I I debated it for the longest time, and I tell you what, up until uh, I want to say it was probably the, the Christmas sale, maybe where they had uh, some some of the packages on sale with with the cruise planner. I just debated and, and, and just finally pulled the trigger. This is one of the times because because uh, like you and like many of the listeners, uh, I'm a Diamond member, that so you, you get to partake in some of the, the special benefits with the lounge and the, the coupons. But I just decided, you know, it, hey, I don't want to have to worry about that that bill at the end of the day. My my wife, uh, who was in a separate stateroom, so I didn't have to book two packages, uh, decided not to, to partake in the beverage package. So I, I did end up taking part in the, uh, the beverage package and – it gave me that peace of mind to where I didn't have to worry about that big bill coming at the end of the cruise. 
Yeah, I that's the that is the X factor, Matt, that always hangs me up. If I could if I could pay Royal Caribbean like three hundred dollars ahead of my cruise, just like this is for my booze. Save this for later and, and prepay <laughs> it, like that would be the perfect option because I just I don't mind I know that I'm gonna come out ahead if I just you know, pay cash for my drinks. But mm-hmm. the problem is is like you I just even if I'm paying, you know, three quarters of the drink package price in cash, which means I'm saving money. I'm still like at the end of the cruise when you get that bill, it's like, oh, geez, you know, that's a lot. To, <laughs> that's a lot of money that I could have prepaid months before. And that's the one thing that always that always gets me. So I, I don't think you're wrong there. I don't think you made a, a poor decision in, in going for the drink package just for that reason, let alone the fact it is New Year's Eve. There was a lot going on. And, you know, you certainly got your money's worth out of it. But, yeah, um, yeah, we've all been there, my friend. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. And and. And I, I, I have no qualms about it. It's, it's. Do you, do you want the peace of mind of, of not having to question what does that drink seven dollars or eleven dollars or, you know, or do you just want to say you know, hey, just just leave it be and and yeah, I don't have to worry about how much my bill is going to be at the end of the week. So there, there's no wrong answer. You just got to do what's what you think is right for you and and what you're most comfortable with. But but I, I will say that uh, additionally, I, I know there's been some some talk of, uh, about I think it was day four, maybe day five. Where you did start to see the, the 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 punch cards, the the ten for maybe eighty dollars or seventy dollars, what have you, uh, for the uh, for the, the the drink cards that you can get. So the, those are definitely certainly existent uh, on Liberty of the Seas uh, as it stands right now. I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that. The, the Matt's referring to the drink card, which again is available sometimes on some ships. There's no guarantee it'll ever show up, but if it does show up, it's basically ten drinks for a certain price, like seventy five, eighty five, ninety five dollars, depends on the sailing. And the nice thing about the drink card is you can share the benefits, which is really good for the same situation. My wife isn't big on the drink package, but, you know, if we can both share it, well, that's a wonderful value. It helps, you know, really cut down on the cost. Uh, I'm just surprised they offered it, Matt, on a holiday sailing like um, like New Year's Eve. But, you know, it, it, it's hindsight. I mean, if you could also predict that, you could have also picked out winning lottery numbers while you were at it. There, There's no doubt about it. and. Maybe maybe they thought people were getting their their uh, their boozing out of the way the first day or so, and that they could uh, catch up on the, on the back end. But no, nonetheless, it was it was still worth it in my mind. And it's you know d- depending on what you want, that there there are certainly some options out there for you. Cool. Well, let's talk about all the other aspects of the cruise. Obviously, uh, you were on Liberty of the Seas. Did you do anything new to you on Liberty of the Seas? Yes, and and I'll qualify this by saying this is the second time we we've, we've sailed Liberty post refurbishment. Now, if you recall correctly, uh, back when Liberty had its refurbishment about about two years ago or, or, or thereabouts, they they took it in for a, a, a long time and they added added some great venues to include Sabor, which we both enjoy uh, immensely, mm-hmm. and then they also added uh, the the new water slides and they have yes. two racer slides and they have the tidal wave. Now, when we sailed Liberty, it was spring of last year, maybe the year before. When we sailed Liberty at that time, the only new water slides open were the racer slides. And that is because they could not calibrate the tidal wave slide correctly. And it was basically throwing people up way too fast, and it was, it was a bit of a safety issue. Now, since that time, uh, the tidal wave has, has, been, uh, has been accurately calibrated or, or what have you, and, and it's safe to use. So despite sailing Liberty before post-refurbishment, we were able to, to sail it this time and ride the tidal wave slide. And I tell you what, it's pretty incredible. And if you're not familiar with it, it, it basically 
shoots you down a, a slide in typical fence, and then it sends you up a near vertical wall at, at, at darn near 90 degrees to where you almost lose uh, lose gravity or, or – uh, 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 Weightless. Sustain, yeah, weightless, sustained gravity. And then you come back down. And, and my son and I, who's, who's about 11, just, just loved it. And they do, have, they do have some very specific height and weight requirements, but you, we, we just loved it. And we were so glad that, uh, that uh, Royal Caribbean was able to work out, getting that slide fixed. And uh, it, it was a blast. And, and we certainly enjoyed all the other new amenities that, that came about post-refurbishment. But that was certainly a highlight for us, uh, for us during the sailing. Awesome. Did you you mentioned Sabor? Did you eat at there or any other specialty restaurants while on Liberty? We did, we did. So uh, took a took a little bit of a different approach. I I will say that I, I do enjoy the the, the specialty restaurants Im- immensely, but uh, at my very heart, I'm a, a main dining room kind of guy. So we do do traditional dining uh, mm-hmm. uh, all the days of the of the cruise. Uh, we tried Sabor and Chops during lunch. And uh, that, that was very intentional for, for a few different reasons. A, Chops is a, a little bit less expensive, and I think Sabor's as well. I, I'd have to double-check the pricing. But we tried them at lunch and uh, enjoyed them. I mean, you, you talk about Sabor. They, they make those those bacon-wrapped uh, jalapeno chicken popper things that I, I, I tell you what, my 11-year-old son could eat six plates of them if, if they, they allowed it. And they, they, they darn near did on this cruise. But uh, we, we ate Sabor, uh, enjoyed it, and uh, – uh, as well as chops, chops was a little bit of a disappointment uh, during lunchtime, and I think that that's mainly due to the fact that uh, it's just a different environment. You know, chops when when you think of it, it's it's kind of your elegant steakhouse where you 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 want to enjoy it in a, a more in, intimate environment. And we went during lunch with with our three kids, so that that kind of changed the game. So I, I don't fault them for for being a little less than stellar. It's just a different un- environment during the day. Fair enough. Well, I think that makes total sense. Uh, let's oh, yeah. talk about where you went on this cruise. This is Western Caribbean, so you went to where? Cozumel for sure. Where, what other places did you go to? So we went to Cozumel for sure, and uh, in Cozumel we did Chacanob, uh, oh. which is is uh, you know we 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 had debated a little bit before the cruise as far as doing Chacanob or Mister Sancho's, but my wife at the end of the day kind of likes the 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 environment at Chacanob with all the uh, the exhibits, uh, the the animals, the 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 crocodiles to scare off the kids, uh, the snorkeling, <laughs> what have you. So, so we, we ended up going with, with chalking up in, in Cosmo and just, just had a fantastic time. Uh, it was a little, little on the cool side. So, you know, you, it seems like you either get a hundred degrees or 60 degrees, but, uh, we were able to get in the water and enjoy the snorkeling and enjoy all the, 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 the amenities that, that chalking up had to offer. The, the second of the, uh, of the, of uh, the stops was Rotan Honduras. And uh, during that time, we ended up actually going to uh, – there, there are only so many places you can go to in Rotan because it, it is relatively small. But we ended up going to – let's see here. It was West Bay. And uh, at West Bay in, in Rotan, they have probably a half dozen or so resort hotels where you buy a day pass. Uh, and it includes everything from if you just want uh, a towel and a chair up to all-inclusive with drinks and food and whatnot. But we went to a, a small resort by the name of uh, Henry Morgan, and uh, it was it was great. Uh, the, the the chairs were fantastic. The service was great. The the one issue that we ran into uh, was more weather related, where there was a, a downpour for a good hour and a half. So that that's obviously going <laughs> to impact your vacation no matter what, and, and certainly one of the things beyond your control. But you know, I, I don't know how my kids do it, but during that hour and a half dam- downpour, my my uh, my kids 
managed to stay in the the water in the ocean the entire time with me watching from a distance uh, underneath an umbrella. So I tell you, I don't know what they put in those uh, those uh, those cokes down there, but they they seem to enjoy it. And they just couldn't get out of the water no matter the weather. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's like ah, it's just a little downpour. It's fine. Uh, what, what's the difference? What's the difference? Yeah. And, the, and then lastly, uh, our, our last stop was Costa Maya, also in Mexico. And this, this, was, a, this was a bit of an adventure because uh, before our cruise, ba- based on listening to uh, previous podcasts and also blog posts and stuff on the World Caribbean blog message boards, we wanted to go to Maya Chan. So sent them an email, thought, hey, no problem, and and got the very, very regretful response a couple days ago that said, hey, we're fully booked. Sorry, can't help you. Oh, so no. then it was back yeah, back to square one. And, and that's that. I, I will say, A, I, I admire the fact that they just don't accept anybody and, and that results in overcrowding and, and then them being unable to handle the crowds. So we decided to kind of adjust on the fly. And we're certainly glad we did because in Costa Maya, they have an adventure park. And it's probably – less than a half mile or so from from the cruise port it's quite literally if unless you're traveling with my six-year-old it's it's less than a 10-minute walk but uh, we we decided to give it a shot and in costa maya adventure park it was pretty unique i don't think it was there the last time i went to costa maya which is probably in the past three years or so so it's i think it's relatively new and what it is is it's a water and adventure park and and what they have is they they have probably no less than about 15 water slides and and those range from the the kinds that will scare the the you know pants pants there there's the word I'm looking for scare the pants off of anybody to to ones that are suitable for four five six year old kids and not only do they have these water slides they also have a series of zip lines and when I was there they had about three different zip line adventures that you can go on and and quite literally you, it my six year old who who's a bit of a run himself can, can go on these zip lines and, and not have to fear for safety because they're, they're, they're perfectly, uh, perfectly able to handle, uh, kids of, of most sizes and, and adults of most sizes. And it, it was, it was just an absolute blast. And I, I found it really just kind of talk, talking to some other passengers on the ship, talking to the shore excursions desk. You can either book it through the cruise or you can just, uh, walk or take a cab over, but it was, it was a fantastic uh, place to go. And, and certainly, a place we'll probably revisit uh, upon our return to Costa Maya. Awesome. Those sound like great plans. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear you didn't get into Maya Chan because I do love that. Uh, but it's it's really gratifying to hear you were able to find some other choices there and some really good uh, reviews of each one. Because, you know, as you know, Matt, people are always looking for recommendations for things to do in these in these different ports. Chakanaut, by the way, is in Cozumel. That was, that's on the island, right? Not on the mainland? That is correct. So it's true. Uh, it's 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 right there between it. If you've been to Cosmo before, even if you haven't, it's maybe fifteen minutes tops. It's it's kind of in the same uh, nice. area of uh, of the uh, Paradise Beast and Mr. Sancho's and what. It's 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 real close by. So it's it's not the that's the one thing my wife was was pretty sure she wanted to go visit some Mayan ruins in Tulum, and I mentioned the two hour ferry and cab ride and bus ride. And, she she quickly said, "No, nah, let's try something else." So yeah, yeah. We, we we typically stick to the island when we go to Cozumel. Sure. Well, that makes total sense. What's, let's talk about the entertainment on board Liberty of the Seas. Do you see any uh, shows that you enjoyed or activities that were particularly fun? So we're, we're not too big into the shows. We, we're, we're, uh, I tell you, the, the two we, we went to that we, we probably enjoyed the most was, first and foremost, was Encore, which was the ice show. And I, I think regardless of, 
uh, whatever type of ice show you have, if, if uh, your Royal Caribbean ship does offer, uh, does have an ice rink and does offer a show, I mean, it's just phenomenal uh, just to see what these skaters can do. And, and I, I fancied myself to be a, a decent uh, ice skater back when, in my prime, but it's, it, they're, they're in the middle of the ocean on a ship that's just moving back and forth and they're doing just things that I couldn't even imagine. But the, the ice shows to me are, are one of the highlights of Royal Caribbean cruises. And then, uh, and then secondly was, uh, we, we didn't see Saturday Night Fever, which was uh, which was on the ship, but we did go to one of the comedy shows, and I, I believe the, the name of the comedians, and they, they do quite a bit of the rounds in Vegas and, and all over the place, and I believe their names were Mario and Daniel, so they do a bit of a, a variety show, and it was it was very entertaining. It was, it, and I'll say it was it was also safe for my my uh, my 11-year-old and 6-year-old son to where they can go, and, and they, they loved it, and it was it was perfectly safe for the family. That's wonderful to hear. Great stuff all around. I mean, it sounds like you guys had a great time on board. And fabulous. I mean, Liberty of the Seas is a fabulous Freedom Class ship, so it's big. It offers a lot to do on there. Uh, so definitely some good things there. Having been to uh, being on Liberty, what are, what are some – give us like maybe two or three tips you could uh, give to anybody who's going on Liberty of the Seas for the first time. You know, I, I will give you the, the one that comes to mind right off the top of my head, and, and I, I think anyone who's been there and, and, and done it is the R-Bar. And if, if you remember Navigator of the Seas and its refurbishment, however many years ago, they, they added the R bar and they slowly rolled it out to the fleet, including Liberty. And it, it is just an absolute go to for, for me and my wife when we want to put the kids in kids' club, put them to bed, what have you. We, we will head straight down there and, you know, we'll, we'll just look at the bartender. Know us, they'll know us by name and, They'll know exactly what we want, and if they don't know what they want, we'll, we'll tell them that one of my favorite things to do in, in going to the R-Bar is to just w- walk up and say, hey, wh- what, what, do you, what do you like making? What kind of drink do you make? And, and certainly having the drink package makes it easier because if you don't enjoy whatever they make, you can just uh, ask for a different one. But, uh, but that is uh, – the, the R-Bar is, is probably one of the, the best highlights of, of Liberty for me because they, the, the service is just phenomenal. And then – you know, I'm not sure how many cigar smokers you have that, that listen to it, but if you walk down to the Connoisseur Club, it's it's interesting to go down and and sip on a brandy and, and, and smoke a cigar down uh, down on the other side of the promenade because you, you meet some interesting folks. That that uh, the, the one thing I come to find out as a as a novice cigar smoker is the fact that uh, that the people that go down there uh, always have a good story to tell and it's always a, a good listen to, to and good to be a fly on the wall when when you're out there. That's great to hear. Um, um, that's uh, definitely something that I think some people might want to take advantage of. In fact, I think it's often overlooked. It's, I even forget sometimes that, that the Freedom Class ships offer a cigar bar. It's right near the uh, Star Lounge in the front of the ship on Deck 5, if I'm not mistaken. So That is uh, correct. Really uh, good spot there. So, Matt, thank you so much for coming on here and, and talking with us. But, you know, since it is your uh, first time on the podcast, believe it or not, I've known Matt for a really long time, but can't believe this is the first <laughs> time we've actually had him on the podcast. I want to ask you a couple of quick questions uh, to get to let our listeners get to know you a little bit better, uh, so I'm going to give you a c- couple questions. Say the first thing that comes to your mind uh, when I when I say it to you. You ready? I'm ready, man. Favorite restaurant on a Royal Caribbean ship? Oh, Matt, that, that's somewhat easy. I'm sorry to say it's 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 Sabor. It's got to be Sabor. I can I can go. picture the guacamole in in my head. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to go. By the way, speaking of which, uh, just random questions I thought of since you mentioned Sabor. Uh, when you were on, when you ate at Sabor on Liberty, did they have the was the guacamole made in front of you, off to the side, or in the back? 
it was not made in front of me. It was made off to the side. Uh, okay. Which 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 necessarily doesn't bother me. They they still ask. No. They they ask you to specify spicy uh, spicy mild medium. Uh, and the the one thing I think you, uh, a previous uh, uh, a previous person had mentioned was if it comes out and it's cold, you know it's been refrigerated, so you know it's not fresh. And that's that's one thing I noticed. It it did not come out cold. It came out as if it was made freshly. So that that doesn't bother me necessarily. It's still I, I would still eat. I think we ate three bowls worth between the four of us, so it was it was still worth it. There you go. And real quick, back to serve. You have no idea what we're talking about. At Sabor, uh, the specialty restaurant on some Royal Caribbean ships, they when they first debuted, you were they made the guacamole table side, which was really really nice. Uh, but there's been some health code issues as it pertains to cruise ships. The rules for cruise ships are different than land based restaurants. Anyway, long story short, they don't do it anymore by the by the table. But I just wanted to double check if that was still the case. If it, I did not know that. Did not know that. Uh, preferred drink while on a Royal Caribbean cruise, Mister Drink Package. Uh, the, the, again, it's easy, and I, I mentioned it before. But uh, a martini at the R Bar. The the one thing that we did on this cruise that just thoroughly enjoyed, despite having the drink package, was we signed up for a martini tasting, and mm. it was it, it it was well worth it. There was about ten of us there, and you walked away with one, if not two, martinis uh, in your hand after the uh, tasting was done. But it was it was just an absolute blast. But Anytime they want to make me a, a martini, I'm 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 all for it. <laughs> Favorite port of call to visit? Ooh, I haven't thought about this one. You know, can I, I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I'm going to say it's Galveston because it is in fact a port of call, and it's also drivable. And if I show up in Galveston, it means I'm boarding a Royal Caribbean ship to go on a cruise. So I'm going to go with. Galveston as my favorite. You know what? Your call. logic makes total sense. It's like wild <laughs> it's like say it's like Bayonne, New Jersey. Why would I ever go to Bayonne except to go on a cruise? So that's a really fair statement. I like that. And that is yeah. cheating, yes. But it's still a good answer. <laughs> uh, and l- lastly, what's your favorite song on the radio or iPod today? Who this you know, let me see. It's probably gonna be there's this quirky little song from a European singer named uh, Alice Merton called No Roots, and it's got this retro vibe to it. That, that kind of reminds me of my childhood back in the early 90s. So I'll go with Alice Merton, No Roots. There you go. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us here and talking a little Royal Caribbean with us. You're very welcome. Thank you, Matt, for having me on. It's time to answer your listener emails. This is the part of the Royal Caribbean blog podcast where I reach deep into the Royal Caribbean blog podcast inbox and read some of the emails that you have sent me. So, of course, you can always send me your emails about anything on Royal Caribbean, whether it's a question about upcoming cruise, maybe something you read on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, or really anything in between. Your opportunity to do so is by emailing Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Our first email to us this week comes to us from Dan, who's got not one, not two, but three questions. Crazy. And Dan writes, I continue to listen to all your podcasts multiple times, wanted to ask you three questions. Number one. How many times have you been upgraded for free or a small fee? Well, zero would be the, I mean, free zero. I, I don't, I mean, small fee. I've never like, I've never gotten, a broker has never called me or emailed me like, hey, we'll upgrade you to this and this. Never happened to that regard. So I'm going to go with zero unless I'm thinking of a situation that I completely forgot about. But I'm pretty sure the answer to that is zero. And I would also say that in terms of upgrades, people often ask me questions regarding that, like, you know, when should you look for the upgrade or how likely is it? And I always tell people, don't even think about it. It's likely never to happen. Second question that Dan has, do you think Crown and Anchor Diamond level uh, made or makes a difference or is it random luck to get sweet upgrades? I think, honestly, the upgrades, 
the the methodology behind them, they do happen. You'll certainly read about them if you go to any message board at length. Sooner or later, somebody talks about them gap of it happening. It does occur, but it is so infrequent and so random, I can't apply any kind of logic to it. I will point out that if you go to your Royal Caribbean uh, Crown and Anchor profile on Royal Caribbean's website, there are actually upgrade preferences. Basically, in your profile, there are... Uh, there, there are different options you can set for upgrades. Does it help? I have no idea. But I figure it's something, and you can put that in there, and certainly maybe that helps you along your way. And Dan's last question is, have any of your upgrades occurred recently in the 24-hour window or further out 90 days? Well, since the answer was zero, Dan, for me, <laughs> the answer is I have no idea. I think it kind of happens, again, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to it. That's really the bottom line to upgrades. It just... If it happens, it happens. It's kind of like, I don't even say rain. At least you can kind of see rain coming. But hey, there's no predicting it. No way to really know about it. So I wouldn't even worry about it. I wouldn't even think about it because it's, just, it's like winning the lottery. If it happens, that's great. But you probably shouldn't spend most of your time thinking about it because it's only going to make you depressed. <laughs> Thank you for the email, Dan. Our next email is from Lourdes Bellino who writes, I met my family crew often book onboarding additional discounts as we're Crown and Anchor Society members. Often the booking is done on the first or second day during the cruise. We arrange our rooms to be connected so that we can open up to the to have one larger balcony. We're already set for our August 2018 cruise on alert this season, but I have some questions. Number one, is there a way to change a balcony reserved for two people and instead accommodate four people, two adults, two kids? The answer, Lourdes, is it uh, depends on the room. If the room can handle that, yes. But I will warn you, when you add people to a reservation, that can have some price difference changes associated with it. And obviously, adding more people, you'd expect that. But uh, it can also alter the price of the first two people that are already on the reservation. So what you want to do is make reservations for the proper amount of people that uh, you know, you're really realistically going to consider. Um, but a lot of the rooms, when you go to make a reservation, even a balcony room, will only be listed for two people. And they can't actually accommodate four, even though if you were to be in the room, you may look around and be like, hey, it looks like there could be four people in here. But not all rooms can accommodate. So it depends on the room. And I should warn you about the, uh, the fact that there's also potentially additional costs associated to it uh, later on. Number two, checking in online. Is there any way to reserve dinner, shows, Adventure Ocean before 90 days? Oftentimes, we want to, all we want are taken, especially for my dinner time. I have people set for 12 to 14 people, and we like to have all the same time and table. So what you really want to do is don't do my time dining. For large groups for dinner, you want to do traditional dining. And the reason why you want to do traditional dining is simple. It's simpler. <laughs> it's simple, it's simpler. Yes, that made sense. But I'm, I, honestly, when you have larger groups, even though my time dining is an option... Traditional dining where you have a, the same rest, the same table, the same weight up, and the same dining time each night of the cruise, I think is going to make your life a whole lot easier to get exactly what you're looking for. Now, you cannot reserve Adventure Ocean or uh, other things ahead of time unless you are on a Quantum or Oasis class ship. Now, you can never reserve Adventure Ocean at all. That's Royal Caribbean's children's programming. Never an option for you. But I will tell you that you can, on Oasis and Quantum class ships, reserve shows... Uh, and some specialty restaurants in advance. Especially restaurants, uh, drink package, and things like that, you can do ahead of time. But entertainment, advanced bookings are only for Oasis and Quantum class ships. Uh, Lourdes' next question. Advice, when is the earliest time to register for dinner, <laughs> Adventure Ocean, Zipline Activity, Excursion? So since you're on, you're on an alert of the sea, so I, now that I know the answer to your, uh, which ship you're on, they'll make it a lot easier. Uh, it depends. There is no set time. Basically, she wants to know, when can you start booking things like the Zipline or the Entertainment or some of these things? 
there's no set answer. You just have to basically continuously check in, you know, go to the cruise planner and periodically check. You don't have to do it every day. I would say every month or so, go in there and check it on out. Certainly, I think it usually opens up if there was an average between 90 and 120 days before your cruise, but it it can vary considerably. I've seen some cruises where, you know, the thing that the cruise planner stuff did not really open up until like 90 days before the cruise, and other times where it's been like hundreds of days before the cruise. So, yeah, it just kind of depends, and I wish I could give you a better answer than that, but you just got to keep on checking back. Lourdes, is a, she has a lot of questions. This is great because this is what the podcast is all about. Her next question. For room service, the new fee was added for the special menu. Not clear if only special menu will get the charge or other room service orders. Uh, for example, coffee, tea, cheese. Is there a fee if ordered, if ordered after 7.30 a.m. or before 11 p.m.? So with the room service change, you're right. There was a change. Now, there is a flat $7.95 fee per order. So whether you order, like... A burger, or you order a smorgasbord of offerings, right? Like 20 different dishes, the fee is exactly the same, regardless of what time you happen to order it. There is a complimentary continental breakfast option, which has uh, different items on there that don't have an associated fee. This is like coffee, tea, uh, some colder, like uh, danishes, things of that nature. Um, but And theoretically, those don't have the uh, the fee associated with it. So you can get that for breakfast only as an option. And it'll all be listed. When you get to your stateroom, Lourdes, you will see that listed in your uh, room. You'll have the menu there, and it's, it's pretty straightforward. Number five, how do I collect onboard credit for getting new cruisers? The new cruisers are selling the same dates we are. So Royal, that's a really good question, Lourdes. So there's a special URL you need to go to. You need to register at royalcaribbean.com slash bring a friend. One word, bring a friend. I'll post a link in our show notes at royalcaribbeanblog.com to this. And basically, you verify your Crown Anchor Society, and you can get, uh, you'll receive $25 onboard credit for each person or family member that you refer up to five guests, one credit per stateroom for sailings of six nights or longer, and up to two guests, one credit per stateroom for sailings of five nights or less. I will warn you that sometimes this onboard credit is not combinable with other promotions and offers, so you may find that it may not benefit you, but this is an option if you're referring a friend or family member to Royal Caribbean. You can actually get onboard credit theoretically. I think one time I tried to do it, and I remember there was a. I, I'm pretty sure there was a conflict where that offer did not was not combinable with my whatever offer Royal Caribbean was giving me, and so I just went with that other one because it was more lucrative. But it's not. What do you got to lose, right? Uh, again, RoyalCaribbean.com/slash bring a friend. Lordis's next question: Am I allowed to bring bottled water or soda on the ship? You are, so technically, Lourdes, you're not allowed to. It's in the rules. You're not allowed to bring any non-alcoholic or alcoholic beverages other than two bottles of wine per stateroom. That being said, in reality, the, the, uh, they kind of look the other way when it comes to bottled water or soda, non-alcohol. Alcohol, you absolutely, positively cannot bring it on board a Royal Caribbean ship unless, of course, it's the two bottles of wine that we talked about earlier. If you want to bring a six-pack of Coke or a bottled water or something like that, you need to put it in your carry-on luggage... And then employ, essentially, a don't ask, don't tell policy. Meaning, don't say anything to anybody about it. Don't ask anything, and no one will say anything back to you. In my experience, based on not only what I've experienced, but also what I've read and seen and heard, I feel like they just don't care about that stuff. They're more interested in enforcing the rule about alcohol more than anything. So, you know, that's really what it boils down to. So I hope that answers your question. Uh, number seven, is there a corking fee if we carry our wine on board during our dinner meal? There is. If you have your wine open in a bar, lounge, or restaurant, there is a corkage fee. However, however, 
it's not always enforced. In fact, I used, I opened a bottle of wine at Izumi on Brilliance of the Seas when I was just on her. No corkage fee associated. No, I wasn't charged it anyway. I'm not saying that you won't be charged it, but I will tell you that in my experience, it's like you got a 50-50 shot of it actually being uh, uh, um, enforced, so to speak. Uh, are there any other family complimentary dinner or lunch available on the other besides the Windjamer? Oh, absolutely. On Alert of the Seas, you've got Sorrento's Pizza. You've got Cafe Promenade. You have uh, some other foods that I can't think of off the top of my head. There are definitely more complimentary food during the daytime other than the main dining room or the Windjamer. So you'll have, trust me, let, let me put it this way. You will not go hungry on this cruise. Uh, is there a way to find out which events will be on the ship prior to boarding? There is not. Royal Caribbean does not post their entertainment schedule ahead of time. However, you may as well start saying you're, you're welcome. Uh-huh. Or I might as well start saying you're welcome. I mean, I, I got that backwards. <laughs> but what I'm trying to get at is we actually keep an archive of past cruise compasses at royalcaribbeanblog.com. And what that means is we actually have pat cruise compasses that were on past Alert of the Seas cruises. And you can go over there and look at a recent cruise compass. Now, it's not going to be 100% of what is to expect on your sailing, but it's going to give you a pretty good idea because really, Royal Caribbean doesn't change up their entertainment schedules a whole lot. Certainly, the movies they show that'll change. Maybe times a little, you know, variation here and there. But generally speaking, if you read a past cruise compass, it'll give you a pretty good idea of what to expect in terms of uh, what what entertainment will be offered, what nights, how often, things of that nature. And I think it's really going to answer your question more than anything. And lastly, these are some good questions here. I find that my experience with the Royal Caribbean is going downhill. The perks it had in the past went away. My kids and I loved the one night they had chocolate night. Is there, is the, it was like going to Chocolate World. <laughs> they still have chocolate uh, breakfast in the main dining room on one of the days of the cruise. I would love to know what perks you're referring to because, I mean, I've been cruising for a long time. I don't know what perks. Sometimes people say that. I just don't know what perks they're referring to. I mean, if you're referring to the chocolates on the pillows... Okay, I can see that. I don't know if that's really a big deal personally. It was nice, but eh, I don't really care all that much about it. Uh, it. Certainly, I don't feel like any... I can't... I'm honestly trying to think of a perk or benefit that has changed in the last 10 years, let's say, just for argument's sake, because I can't think of any. You know, I mean, there's some benefits, uh, maybe some entertainment that's changed up over the years, but like a perk, something that was given to you as a guest that is no longer given to you. I don't know. I, maybe I just have a better experience, or I just don't pay that close attention. Also entirely possible. But Lourdes, thank you for the email. Do appreciate you guys uh, sending me the email and, and the great questions. As I'm sure, Lourdes, a lot of people have those kind of stuff. And one other thing I just thought about was the, uh, in terms of entertainment, is Royal Caribbean's new app, the Royal Caribbean International app. It's not a very original name, but it works. They have a new app that's available on certain ships, including the Lure of the Seas. And actually, you can get certain elements of the cruise compass ahead of time via that app. You can install the app right now, Lourdes. It may not be available for your sailing, like, immediately. Like, if you're going, I think you're going this summer. But within, like, three or four weeks, it'll appear as an option. And then you can register for that one. And then go in and be able to essentially see at least some of the entertainment that they have listed through there. And I'll post a link on our show notes again to the uh, how to go to the various apps. It's available on the iTunes App Store and the uh, Google Play Store for you to be able to download. But that's another way to uh, potentially do that. And a big shout out to Vancouver Dude who reminded me of that one as I was uh, thinking about that. So, thank you. There you go. Our next email is from Raymond Leach, who writes, I would like to share my unique experience from our last cruise on Navigator of the Seas. This is a five-night sailing with stops in Cozumel and Costa Maya. 
As you may already know through our cruise mates, the second day of the cruise came to a dramatic pause on day two. While setting the solarium, an announcement of Alpha 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 was announced over the ship loudspeakers, which is the code for emergency on board the ship. Soon after this announcement, they called my name, and of course it sent me into a panic thinking the worst. I soon arrived at the emergency location at guest services, where I saw my wife on a stretcher being taken down to an emergency room on deck one. They quickly stabilized her and helped me understand what had happened. She has diabetes and has a low sugar attack that made her pass out on the promenade deck. The ship's medical facility is obviously not as good as an actual hospital, but with the test they had completed, they told me that she may have had a small heart attack. The plan was to keep her overnight in the medical facility and then travel to a private hospital in Cozumel, Mexico, and also told me that she would not be able to get back on board until the medical staff at the hospital cleared her fit to sail. The ambulance arrived at 8 a.m. with two doctors and two ambulance personnel. The drive was about 10 minutes long, and they were very courteous to my wife and I, putting our racing minds at ease for at least a few minutes. They quickly determined that the ship's doctors may have jumped the gun on the heart attack prognosis, but would not complete until some tests to confirm. This is the part of the financial department. Uh, this is the part of the financial department that had found me and requested two thousand dollar deposit that would be a hold to pay for the test at the hospital. And this is also the part where I found out that Royal Caribbean had placed a hold on my credit card for an only four thousand dollar fee that incurred for my wife's overnight stay in a medical facility. This was enough to tilt my credit card and left us zero funds able to travel. We spent five hours in the Cosmel Hospital before we had been released with our fit-to-sail letter so we could resume our vacation. A couple of key points I wanted to make. The medical staff on Navigator was amazing. They genuinely cared about her well-being and allowed myself the freedom to visit her regardless of the time of night it was. I don't blame them for the misdiagnosis of the heart attack because they were doing the best they could with what they had available at sea. The hospital in Cosmo was also a clean, safe environment with very good English-speaking doctors that at all had most modern medical tools that any other hospital would have had. Make sure you understand your medical coverage. I asked what if I had purchased my coverage through Royal Credit. I was told that the procedures for the claim would be the same as they use a third-party company to provide insurance, so you would still need to pay up front and then submit for payment when they return home. I had a travel card that was given to me for my coverage company that had information on it and was very important for me to start my claim. Lastly, Royal Caribbean was simply amazing on how they handled this emergency with opening a phone line for me to call out to my travel insurance company at Seas, allowing a special payment method that would allow us to get home and transfer them the money they owed. Just thought I would share my unique experience. Raymond, thank you so much for sharing your experience. I mean, that's unbelievable. First and foremost, I'm so glad that your wife is okay and you were able to not only that resume your cruise. I mean, obviously, the health and well-being of your family supersedes anything else that's going on. But I really do appreciate you taking the time to also share with us this kind of an experience because it's, I mean, I'm sure there were some times in which it just seemed like the worst possible timing of anything and, you know, just, uh, you, you have your mind often goes to dark places in that kind of a situation, right? But in retrospect, I'm so glad that everything seems like it worked out, which is good. And I know that you're actually on the rest of the sailing, so that's even better. And I, I'm sure there are a lot of folks out there who appreciate hearing about this. You know, certainly if you're someone who purchases medical insurance, and I'm someone who, you know, I've purchased uh, met, uh, travel insurance, I should say, through third parties, it's good to know that even if you buy through Royal Caribbean, you're still on the hook for it, but you obviously can submit the claim, as opposed to if you had no insurance, then you're on the hook for it, and then you've also got to pay it. So, kind of one of those things. But, Ray, thank you for the email. Great insight. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, got time for one more email. One more. And it is from Amber Holly. Wants to know, is there a car rental company in Port Everglades? Or is the closest one you would recommend? We're going to drive to Disney. We're going to drive to Disney World after we get off Harmony of the Seas. So just need for a few hours. I've done some Googling, but can't seem to find much. I appreciate any suggestions. So Amber, good news. There is. 
Actually, there are uh, car rental companies available for you at the Fort Lauderdale Airport. That's probably going to be the most, the closest location. And the airport is like... <laughs> I mean, if there were no fences or anything, I mean, you, you could probably... As the bird flies, they say. I mean, a couple hundred feet away. It's really close. You can't walk there. You need a taxi because you can't just... There's like 700 fences in between. <laughs> uh, but it's it's very easy to get back and forth. There are some other locations within Fort Lauderdale and the surrounding area. Dania Beach, D-A-N-I-A, is the name of the area that where Port Everglades technically is. Anyway, you can find uh, maybe a better search in that regard. But the airport is really what you should be looking for because that's going to be your simplest option. And then obviously you pick up the car right there and then whoop, you're right up to, you can drive right up to uh, Orlando and enjoy the fruits of Walt Disney World. So, Amber, thank you for the email. Thank you to everybody for these wonderful emails. Thank you for listening. And, of course, don't forget you can send me your emails about anything Royal Caribbean related at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.